even if you don't subscribe to a certain uh, religion per se, if you believe in a higher power of some kind or you know that there's some kind of uh, purpose behind life or, or something like you know you, you will be able to derive and, and get a lot from this book. Like your thoughts kind of shape the way you perceive reality. Right. So I think one of the things that I really liked about this book is he often um, kind of references like hell or earth. And he essentially says, like, you can live in hell or you can live in heaven. It really depends on how you perceive things. Jay, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the invite and I'm very excited. I was so looking forward to having you here, man. Like you... I don't remember how many years ago it was, but we you, you're the one that introduced me to this book a long time ago, before Agreements, and it was probably one of the first self-improvement books that I've read since I've been in my late 20s, early 30s, and it really kind of set set the path for me on like what I've been going. Why don't you uh, tell me tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you, James. Um, so my name is uh, Jay Martin. I work in uh, the financial industry. At the local bank, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, am just trying to grow my career, uh, trying to absorb any kind of knowledge that I can to improve uh, not just of my career, but as an individual, as a person, um, you know, as a friend, as a family member, just in general, you know, just trying to be better than I was yesterday. And um, you know, this book was actually introduced to me through a cousin of mine, and um, it really helped me too. And what I love about this book was that. It's really um, an easy read, although it's it, it's put simply, but it's, it's deep, you know, certain topics. And um, yeah, I'm all about that. I'm all about learning and bettering myself. I've been reading not just this book, but there's quite a few others that I've you know read along the way, self-help-wise, and also uh, I've been really digging into the financial books and just trying to learn a little bit more about that, you know, because. Uh, working in the financial industry, I also have a, a background in you know, accounting and whatnot, and I just try to you know, learn a little bit more about that and um, just never assume that I know everything, you know? <laughs> well, so, yeah, man, we're going to jump in. We're going to be talking about The Four Agreements, written by Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, it's a great book. Let's just jump right in, Jay. So, um, so I... Um, I, uh, the Four Agreements, this book uh, kind of goes over uh, the story of uh, really Don Miguel Ruiz, his journey as a Toltec. Uh, he was a man uh, that was uh, living in like the Mexico, right? He was born there, yep. Yeah, he was born in Mexico, and uh, he found, this really is like a sort of a religion, right? Um, although they, it's not necessarily a religion, it's more of... Um, it takes certain bits and pieces and it kind of honors all the spiritual teachers and masters throughout history, you know, and the Toltecs, um, when I dove a little bit more deep into it, um, his, his parents were actually like Toltecs and it's like the, the Toltec, uh, wisdom is he kind of, this is a quotation directly from the book, but he says thousands of years ago, the Toltecs were known for throughout southern Mexico as women and men of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like a passed down kind of through generation through generation. And his parents happened 
to have been part of this lineage, and that's how he was introduced to these um, teachings, if you will. Is, um, is Don Miguel Ruiz and Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. two different people? Uh, one is the father, one is the son. Is this the father that wrote this book, or this is this is the, the son? father, yeah. Okay. So, but the, the, the Toltecs, right, Jay, themselves, they were, um, this is a very ancient civilization that goes back to what, like the, the Aztecs and the Mayans, it's all around that same time. So like the Toltecs, we don't know much about, right? Like they, they're not as popular as the Aztecs and the Mayans. Right, right. But they were, um, yeah, I think they predated them, to be honest. And uh, they do have some ruins um, in Mexico, like pyramids and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, they, they have left their mark in history. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's cool. So we're really gonna be really exploring some stuff that goes way back in the day. Yeah, and it's it's simple teachings, but it's so relevant even in today's you know fast paced world. Awesome, that's a really good segment. And so, a Toltec wisdom book is on the cover of this book, right? So it's a book about wisdom. Um, the Four Agreements. This book is kind of set up in a way that there's a there's an introduction, and then there's a the introduction kind of talks about myoti. Is that the how you pronounce that word? Um, myoti, like the the uh, which is it's like a, a Mexican word for like the Smoky Mountain or that smoky view in front of us, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah. Something along those lines, like the fog that kind of um, you know is it relates to the Smoky Mountains, but it's more of like a metaphor. Like we live in a fog, basically. You know, and it's hard to weed out and, and kind of be in the present moment. He kind of introduces this these concepts, right? And then he has these quote-unquote four agreements, which we're going to break down a little bit and discuss them. And uh, they're all, you know, things that we can take and, and apply to our lives, I think. And then it kind of uh, summarizes things at the end with like a um, an idea of essentially like how to create your own heaven on earth, which I found was interesting. I, I you know whether you're a religious person or not a religious person, I think you can get a lot from this book. But I think if you do have religion and you do have, you know, the, this like if you are very anti-religion, this book might not be the best book for you. Or, or maybe so. Maybe, maybe maybe that doesn't make any sense, actually, because like he does say, you know, doesn't matter. Something created this universe, right? Right. Uh, we're all in this together, and it's not necessarily, like, and that's what he means by it's not necessarily religion but it kind of honors certain things yes he talks about god a lot but it's, you know if you look at throughout history you know at the teachings of buddha and all these other great wisdom teachers throughout history um even if you don't subscribe to a certain uh religion per se if you believe in a higher power of some kind or you know that there's some kind of uh, purpose behind life or, or something like you know you will be able to derive and get a lot from this book. I think every religion has a belief in God. Of some kind, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that. Every religion comes off of that. It's just normal base. But you can believe in something and still enjoy other cultures and see how they go too. You know, just because we believe in Jesus Christ and God, that's it. That's what it is. It has to be that. That's it. Course, right there's other beliefs too out there everybody believes in a religion some people believe in their own religion <laughs> yeah that's true right yeah let's do it man so 
Um, we create our own hell. We have this smoky mirror we see ourselves in. Uh, we we have this smoky mirror that that we that we that we live in, right? Which is all these voices, all this noise around us, and really all those noise, all those things are really thoughts and emotions that we've been essentially nurtured to like nurtured to believe since we were born that's kind of like a lot of the beginning of this this book right is kind of explaining like you can't live in the present because you are so caught up in your own thoughts and emotions that you can't clear you can't you can't clear that up so like and then a big uh, a part of this book here talks about how how that happened right and then how to and then the four agreements are really how to how to get away from that, right? How to clear that up. You're absolutely right. He talks about uh, certain things in the beginning. You mentioned things that we learned as children and whatnot. And uh, he opens up the book after his basic introductions and talks about certain things. Uh, uh, before he even gets to the four agreements, he talks about the domestication and the dream of the planet. Okay. Now, the dream of the planet, it's just as you were describing before, uh, where it's before we were born, humans before us created this big outside dream that was, you know, comprised of all these little other smaller dreams, right? And what we know it as today is like a society. Um, and within the society, it's we were taught everything from our beliefs to our laws, our culture, governments, schools, so on and so forth, like everything. And... Um, the whole domestication part of it is that everything that we've learned, uh, we've agreed. You know, we, we agree with what we were, uh, what was passed down to us, um, and it's right from the time that we're born. Just like you said, they teach us words. They teach us how to say mom and dad and milk and bottle or whatever. They teach us how to behave, and over time, you know, as we grow up. We have these thousands of agreements that was so, that are so deep rooted in us that that's just our view of the world, and it's kind of what shapes our personality. Yeah, that's a great point. And and when you let you know when you have your thoughts uh, out there, and you're you know you're kind of going about your day, like your thoughts kind of shape the way you perceive reality, right? So I think one of the things that I really liked about this book is he often um, kind of references like hell or earth. And he essentially says like, you can live in hell or you can live in heaven. It really depends on how you perceive things. And that's a very common thing in like self-help books. But in this thing, in this book, he kind of goes into a little bit more, um, tells us how to do those things, right? With the four agreements. Yes, you know, we've been shaped we've conformed agreed to all these agreements and um, he talks about the inner struggle of how hard it is to break agreements and he actually goes into that later on in the books after he covers the, the last agreement you know and um, each one of these things they have a certain purpose and they're built upon one another and just these four things it sounds so simple but it's it just takes uh, discipline you know and uh, that's the hardest part about it. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> it boils down to that, really. Okay. Well, we've been talking about the four things, so why don't we, um, why don't you tell us, what are the four things, Jay? So the first agreement that he introduces us to 
is be impeccable with your word. Now, if we look at the word impeccable, uh, it's rooted in Latin, and it means without sin. Um, so to be impeccable with your word is to um, basically say what you mean, you know, and mean what you say. Um, Don Miguel Ruiz uh, expresses that this is the most important um, agreement. It's the power that you have to create with your word. You know, you use the words, that's what you have. And he talks about being a, a double-edged sword where, you know, you can use the word to create this heaven on earth, or you could use it to really um, destroy yourself, your, your life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about using the word um, to express uh, emotional or personal poison uh, in the form of anger, hatred, um, you know, to create hate, division between people, races, nations even. Right. Uh, we see the, the way the world is today is just crazy. And I think if everybody read this book uh, and they realize, you know, that words have meaning, you know, it's, it, it's super important. Um, yeah, because you can really, like, ruin someone's day, right, by going up to them and saying, hey, you know, in this book it says, I think it has things like, hey, you look fat or, you know, you're yeah. stupid, right? Like, that's not being impeccable with your word because you not only are, um, it kind of um, it kind of ties in with one of the other agreements we'll talk about later, but if you start to really bash someone else, uh, really, it's, it, that really speaks volumes about yourself, not not the other person. Totally, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you're right. We'll get into it a little bit deeper, but, yeah. like It takes somebody more, though, to do something like that to somebody else who hasn't done nothing to that. Of course. To be that kind of scumbag, too. Like why? Just respect everybody else's stuff. That's all it comes down to. That's what this book is about, right? That's what you guys are reading. It's about like everything for life now and everything. And that kind of state is that what it's? Yeah, yeah. It's like, definitely like much of it. yeah. So like you know, I'm trying to understand. It's like it sounds really good. Yeah. There's a movie I already watched. I'm sure there probably is a movie <laughs> featuring, featuring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, guy. I'll be first in line. Denzel. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, no, I mean, Brian, yeah, just kind of set the context, right? Set the background because you're, you're, you're like, you know, you're not, um, you, 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 you didn't know anything about this book or no, what we were doing before we came here, right? things of it. Yeah, well, now you, you now you know already a little bit. You so you're the first one yes. consuming all of this, yes. which is awesome. But yeah, no, the whole idea, I think, is like, I think that um, a lot of people, unfortunately, walk around um, and, and we're only here as humans for a short period of time, right? Yeah. And we walk around and we're upset about things that we can't really control. And that is like, I think, a, a reminder of what this book is, is, is saying like, hey, you know, you are in control. And if you do it the right way, like, you're in control, like, just do it with discipline. There's always a good way and a bad way. You need to, if you choose both, then you have to make both work. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, usually, it's like, you know, if you start thinking negative things, if you start talking if you speak badly about everyone, right? Like if you come home and you're upset with your child, your kid, your wife, and you start saying things like, hey, what the heck, you know, why you're lazy, you're stupid, like, this is dumb, right? Like that is just gonna make that person do that even more, right? Yeah, of course, because you're, you're helping them go into that zone more. You're not helping. <laughs> yeah. You're pushing them into a place that they don't wanna be in already. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also like we have to be impeccable with ourselves. 
Right, that's the other big part of this too, yes. right? It's like you can't, you have to also like look at yourself and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I gotta practice this or I'm not good at this or that and figure that out as yeah. we go. Yeah, you're right. And um, just how you brought up, like, uh, especially like within the dynamics of, um, you know, having a bad day and, you know, the other person around you, it's not their fault, you know, they didn't do anything, but sometimes, like, actually, he goes into this, a brief little story that he talks about, um, just a, a scenario where, imagine a mother coming home from work, she had a rough day, yes. uh, she had a migraine, yeah. she has a little girl mm -hmm. at home that's in her own world, you know, she's happy, she's singing, and the mother out of just, she just couldn't anymore, so she yells at the kid, shut up, you know, and she was really, like, angry, and that is going to impact that child like so much to, I don't know, yeah. you know, where it could be like, say, if she was singing and she really enjoyed singing, her mom, just out of her own frustration, just shouting at her, she's thinking she's doing something wrong. And so maybe that might, you know, down the road impact her. No, the mother wasn't doing nothing wrong. Unfortunately, sometimes that stuff happens. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, like at the end of the day, does, yeah. So, like, you know, one of the other agreements that we're going to hear about later on is just try your best, right? Do your best. So, like, sometimes you can't control those things. They do happen. We're all human, right? Happens. Shit happens. I think your point about children, you know, I am I am a father of a four-year-old. You're a father of a five-year-old. And um, we all know that children at that age, they are the happiest right they they go they, they they're not thinking bad they're not worried about yesterday they're not worried about tomorrow you know they're living in the moment they're happy they can be happy they can cry right now and right they can be hungry next then they can they can be wet they can be dry they can it doesn't matter right they're living in the moment and i think we can all learn a little bit from that and it's hard dude it's oh, hard oh yeah we yeah. lose sight of things and it's just like you know if we, like I see, like, I am not a parent, but I do have, you know, goddaughter, nieces and nephews and stuff, and, um, you know, I see that the way they are, they're so carefree, yeah. and they're so, they're not afraid of anything. They're, but you know how attached you are to them, too. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, just, they're, own, they're in their own world, it's creative, yeah, it, it's and crazy. It's imagination it is, it, it's just completely unfiltered, and, and it's just so great to see, like, this kid could be anything, you know, he, mm -hmm. when they grow up, and... You know, being impeccable with your word, like when I think of it, I think of it as when I was a child, like my dad would always encourage me to, whether I was playing sports or whatever, or <coughs> in school, like he'd always encourage me to do your best and, you know, awesome. don't try to, you know, don't be just another number. He shaped awesome. me like who I am today and yeah. his values. And um, I was fortunate that, you know, I was raised that with my mom too, you know, they always just wanted to push me. We, we expect everyone to live up to like expectations of perfection, but it isn't realistic. So we judge others and we also judge ourselves. And that, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and the flip side of the, the being impeccable with your word is, like I mentioned, it's a double-edged sword. It can create your own hell. If you use that word against um, anybody else or, you know, yourself, like you're just doing yourself a disservice, you know? Um, what you tell yourself, um, you know, can shape you. And, you know, this is not the only book that I've read this in. You, you, you talk about, like, um, 
the secret, for example, like what your thoughts become things and whatnot. But if you use the you know negative, your words negatively, eventually, you know these thoughts will become your your personal reality and won't be so great. And you know if you walk around like I'm so stupid, I'm I'm this, I'm that, and, and use that word against you, then eventually you will become that. The Toltecs, the big thing is. We're living in a dream, right? That's like their big thing, like their big, their big motto. Yes. We're all living in a dream that we control. Yep. And once we can control that, we can essentially live a new dream. So subconsciously, like at night, we sleep, we're, we're living this dream, right, in our minds. But consciously, that during the day, our thoughts and our emotions are controlling our dream, our conscious dream. So they talk about how this is all a dream. And I think part of it going back to the fog, right? Mm -hmm. Getting through that, once, you know, the goal is to get to that new dream that the Toltecs, you know, and uh, these, these agreements can, can help you get there. So the second agreement is, is don't take anything personally. Now this is really, really difficult, you know. Um, in this day and age, you, you see it all the time. Uh, people, everybody's very sensitive. Um, you see people getting canceled and whatnot, um, and I don't know. I mean, how he describes it is when you take things personally, that's like the maximum expression of selfishness because you make this assumption that, oh my God, everything's about me. I'm the main character in the story, you know. So it's got to be about you know, in your own perspective, you know. Uh, everything's about me. When you, when you take things personally, you're just like, oh, no. They, you know, this person said that just solely just because they wanted to hurt me. And whether that's true or not, if somebody intentionally sends you that emotional poison, you don't have to take it. You don't have to suffer. You know, you can just, whatever. In fact, um, this, uh, when you approached me with this podcast, um, I thought, like, all right, you know, certainly I'm going to reread this book because it's been a few years. You know, I've read so many other books along the way and stuff. Let me just, you know. And at that time, somebody actually did intentionally say something um, to me that I was just kind of thrown off guard. And I, very, I had mixed feelings. In the moment, I disagreed with them, and then I just tried to flip it where I just tried to make a joke out of it or whatever. And they double down with something ignorant, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And I ran into this person like eight o'clock in the morning, eight thirty in the morning. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. Like I feel bad for you because you're already that negative in your mindset that early in the morning. Like the rest of the day, it's probably gonna be horrible for you. I feel bad for you. You know, like I didn't take it personally, you know, and I didn't eat that poison. I didn't suffer for it. You know, I just kept on going along with my day. You had like a negative situation come up, right? And you were able to handle it better than uh, you probably would have um, than if you weren't like actively trying to like be wiser or trying to like get better at, you know, this this crazy journey called life. And like, because that happens to me all the time too, right? Because like if I don't, if I'm not actively like reading this, it's so easy to read something and forget it, right? Like you don't oh, yeah. practice it. But if you something comes up, like if I read a couple chapters of this, a couple like twenty pages of this book, 
in the morning and something happens in the afternoon, I have a much better chance of handling that positively than if I just didn't read it that day. So I think that's another positive thing because I actually had a recent experience too like where it was like, oh, four agreements came to my mind and I was able to handle it a little bit better, right? So I think that's also a really good thing about listening to like podcasts like this and reading, picking up books, you know, it sounds cliche, these self-help books, you know, but they really do help. And at the end of the day, it might not feel like it. Maybe you didn't call somebody a jerk that deserved it, but, you know, what the, what, what would that have done anyways, right? Long-term, that person that you called a jerk, they don't even deserve that type, you know, you don't need to waste your energy on that. Right. And, and then, but that's just one part of it. The other part of it is doing the right thing to help people, right? That's the kind of situation that I was in. I actually was able to help someone that I was like, you know, tired i was exhausted but i was like you know what i gotta do the right thing so i busted up the energy because like you know reading this book and and trying to do the right thing you know so yeah uh don't take anything personally yeah so like that to me to me that's like you know that whole thing with like um it really you know what does that reflect on somebody else when somebody is trying to attack you completely agree with you it's hard not to take things personally but just realize and this book helps you realize is that, you know, it has nothing to do with you. It's right. about that other person, that, that other person's uh, poison, you know, their own emotional poison or whatever you want to call it, um, their own demons, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's just projected onto you because they're having such a miserable time or a hard time in their life. And, or in their dream. Or in their dream. Right, in their yeah. dream. And it's uh, maybe that they are living in a personal hell. That's the nightmare. They're living in hell. And it's funny because it's like, you know what I just realized at this very moment is that for so many years, I see people at work and it's just like so like second nature. And it's just like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm living the dream. You know, I've never heard like anybody say, like I say it all the time. And not too masculine to admit that, uh, you know, I do have emotions and, you know, in society we're, we're taught, right, these agreements like, oh, you're a man, you, you don't have emotions, you know, you, you can't show weakness, and, um, like, damn, like, I have feelings too, you know? <laughs> no, but it's true, yeah. Yeah, right. But you gotta learn not to take certain things directed at you personally, because it's really, you, if you're doing the best that you can, it's just somebody projecting their stuff you, to you. Right, if they, if they call you a name or they say something wrong to you, there's already something wrong with that. Because you're a great guy, so who wouldn't want to get to know you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, man. Like, it's their yeah, loss in the just end. a person, just like anybody else. Uh, I got my flaws, I got of things I excel at, and things that I'm just continuously trying to grind and, and, and get better at. In this book, right, again, it's it's a very, like, simple book, right? Like, we're not going to go through all of it, you know, but people, yeah. but, like, yeah, this book, it's definitely worth the read. It's a super easy read. Um... And again, it was the first kind of book that you got me going on this book, maybe what five, six years ago. Yeah, right. I think you. Yeah, it was a long time ago. This book is that old. This book is very old. Um, so Jay showed me this book. Six years ago, you got introduced to this. Yeah, it might have been longer than that. It might have been before that, and like this was really the first book that that got me started. This was published in 1987. Yep. So the third agreement, Jay, don't make assumptions. Um, I found this one to be really helpful, um, especially where it's like, you know, in very in many different facets of life um, with your spouse, with your, your family members, your friends at work. 
we find it hard to like sometimes be so clear and straightforward with things, right? It's hard for us to say no to things. It's hard uh, to c- clearly communicate what you want. And I think one of the things that we all have to learn um, as we go through this dream is, um, you know, sometimes in your head, right? Like you're thinking my, 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 my question or my statement here is perfectly laid out. They're completely going to understand where I'm coming from. And me saying this the way I'm going to say it is going to make perfect sense. But that's not usually the case, right? Like people that live in their own thing, dealing with their own assumptions. So I think with don't make assumptions, right? This third rule um, really comes down to not being afraid to clarify, ask questions, and be honest, be straightforward. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. And he does go into that where, you know, don't be afraid to ask those questions, you know, until you get the, the you know, what that other person is trying to say. Ask them whatever you need to, to understand what they're trying to communicate to you so you don't um, create this whole grand assumption in your head and say, oh, they must be looking, they must mean this. And in reality, they mean something entirely different. Um you know, and you, you brought up like with your spouse or, or, you know, and he talks about, you know, making assumptions in your relationships. That's just asking for trouble. Um, like just because you, you know, you're with this person day in, day out, um, you, you form these assumptions that like, oh, they know what I must be thinking. Yeah, you said it so well. You know, like they're not a mind reader. Right. <laughs> Nobody is, you know. So, um not making assumptions, you kind of, um, in a way, you just don't place your own expectations onto somebody else either, you know? Like, for example, like, um, a husband and a wife get into an argument, and she's just like, oh, how could you have done this? You should have known better. And it's like, how, how is that person supposed to know if you communicate that, which, you know, that's what you were looking for, that's what you needed, um, and kind of like she, you know, in that example, um, you know, the, the wife was upset because the husband didn't do something, X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. And um, she made these expectations, like in assumptions, like, oh, he's going to do this because he knows what I want, what I need, you know, or whatever. But she didn't clearly communicate that to begin with. And um, I think communication is everything, really. I mean, it's everything, how we communicate with not just a spouse, but with friends, coworkers, family, everybody. Everybody that we, we are so lucky to share this, this time on earth with. Limited time. You know, you know, you just have to be, you have to communicate, communicate as clearly as you can. And yeah, you're right. If you, if you don't understand or what have you, ask those questions. So that way you don't set yourself up for... This whole big drama doesn't have to be created if you just understood one another. Right. Yeah, they, um, you know, he mentions here like black magic and white magic. And it's like the black magic is really like just to kind of summarize like where we're up to. Right. Like so we've talking about the Toltecs, this ancient group that's been around for, um, you know, hundreds of years. And they um, there's ancient ancient civilization they believe in this idea of a new dream 
um, and 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 they believe they have this uh, the beliefs that we're living in this dream and our emotions control this dream. Really, our reality is a reflection of our thoughts and our emotions, and they believe that with this poison, emotional poison, that's really like black magic that these people have, you're allowing them to have power over your life. Two of the terms I don't think we mentioned yet, but I think are very important just to mention that this, that, that is part of this book is the whole idea of the judge and the victim mentality. Yes. Yes. And they kind of go into, they kind of connect all the dots of what we just discussed, right? So the judging mentality of others, but more importantly of yourself. And then the victim mentality is really like, when things you get don't take things personally don't play the victim look at it try to turn it around the other way and the whole victim mentality thing you see a lot these days you know everybody not everybody but you know what I mean you can tell certain people they like to flip the script and say you know play oh I'm the victim and I think uh, even thinking back to the podcast that you did with Jeff Parker uh, you know, the whole, you know, even Seneca talks about the whole victim mentality type of thing. And you just judge, you use the word against yourself in those instances, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> if you, you really embody this whole victim mentality, then, you know, you're really just doing yourself a huge disservice. You're using the, against, the word against you. And, you know, it's, um, you're taking things personally. Uh, you make these assumptions, oh my god, all these people are mean to me because they don't like me, or, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, it, it's all tied in together, basically. So, the last agreement, always do your best. Now, what's interesting about this one is that, you know, your best is going to constantly change. <laughs> you know, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, it's going to constantly change, and um, external and internal forces, you know, can determine that, you know, depending on your mood, if you're uh, stressed, if you're, you know, tired, your lack of sleep, or, you know, so every, you know, every day you just want to try your best. Now, just because your best fluctuates doesn't mean you should stop trying, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes and um, don't judge yourself. We talked about the judging part, like, you don't want to judge yourself, like, oh, you know, um, my best wasn't, you know, I didn't give my, you know, my best today because of X, Y, Z. Um, that's more of the victim mentality. But if you always do your best, you can't judge yourself because you're like, hey, you know what? You put your hands up in the air. Things didn't go the way that I had in, envisioned, but I tried my best, you know, and I'm going to continue. Tomorrow's another day, and I'm going to try my best then, too. Yeah. Yeah, and try your best to follow the 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 three or four agreements, right? Like sometimes you're not gonna be impactful your word, right? You're gonna say you're gonna think and say things that might hurt people that you love, or you might say think something negative about yourself, and um, that's the reality of it, right? We're not perfect, and I think part of the there's a part of this book where he talks about when it finally breaks, right? When it finally hits you exactly how once you practice this every day. And eventually it cracks through. It's a groundbreaking moment when you find the core agreements, the core foundation of the four agreements, which, um, you know, you can't, you can't describe that in words. You can't describe that in any way. It's really a feeling that you'll feel when you're truly living in, 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 in happiness, in love, in peace. So, like, one of the questions that I kind of set out to, like, find from starting this book to the end was, 
that idea of the mitoti, right? All the voices, right? All those monsters, all those ugly heads, which is just simply our thoughts and our emotions. How do you clear that, right? And I think you, at the end, you finally get a good idea of what it is. And it's really just love, peace, finding joy in everything, breathing, relax, like feeling everything in your body, like really trying to appreciate everything that, that was created in this earth and know that everything that was created in this earth is truly created by a higher power. Um, you know, I've read this book a few times and um, actually when I had introduced it to you, now, what's interesting is that the people, our listeners, they may not know this, but you know, in these very walls that we are in today, right now, in this moment, um, you know, when I lived here, um, I was in this fog. I was going through a rough time in my life. Um, you know, a lot of things happened. Um, you know, family stuff, relationship stuff, what have you, you know what I mean? And um, I kind of got into this funk and this fog, and it was tough, you know. And, you know, I did not just this book, but, you know, I read a lot of other books, too, at that time, just knowing, like, hey, you know what? Life isn't the way I, at that point in time, in that moment, life wasn't where I had pictured myself. You know, I thought something different, but you know what? I'm doing my best. And I know if I persevere just one day to the next, things are going to improve. And I had to stop feeling sorry for myself and using the word against myself. Like, oh, you know, like, you know, back then, um, you know, it was just like I was starting off over again. And these walls, like, within these walls, like, I took that, I was allowed that time to start healing and, you know, my best got better as days went on. You're a very, very humble gentleman. And um, I love that about you. You're, you're, you're a very humble man, dude. And it's awesome. Well, thank you. That's, I appreciate the comment. So just to summarize the, the book, like we have this idea of uh, we can control our, our uh, if we can control our emotions, we can control our own destiny. We can control our heaven. We can control it, we, or we can put ourselves in hell. And um, really, what Don Miguel Ruiz has put here is follow these Toltec steps that have been in uh, this lineage, family lineage of this ancient civilization forever. And you know, certainly we're gonna keep we're gonna keep trying. I thought one of the things that I liked a lot um, really kind of summarizes a lot of what we talked about. And it's the difference between a warrior and a victim is the victim represses while the warrior refrains. And I thought that that was huge, right? Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. the victim represses, meaning the victim. So that kind of goes with not being able to communicate. So the victim will not say anything. The victim will not communicate. The victim will just absorb it, uh, let it simmer, let it boil. And it's not good for anyone, right? It, not able to communicate, right? Uh, number three, don't make assumptions. Uh, right, and then the warrior refrains, meaning the warrior does away with it. Right, the warrior doesn't take it personally. The uh, the idea of like the angel of death uh, kind of way, right? So like, how how do we break out of this? Right, how do we clear up this mitoti? Um, and the, the you know it was this idea of that we could die next week. You know, the angel of death. Right, what would you do if you were to die next week? Because if you got news that you were dying next week, your life would significantly change.
your perspective is entirely different yeah. on everything. Like we all know we're on borrowed time, but to have a finite like to know ahead of time, like yeah, I couldn't imagine what that's like. And certainly, you know, you're gonna live your life differently if you knew that. I think it would be so much easier to cut out all all the bullshit and just focus on what's important. You know, what's important is the relationships that you have, the people around you, your family, your friends, and. You know, that that's it and you know yeah you you can create that paradise if you will heaven on earth like every day you don't have to wait until you know hey I got like five days left what am I doing you know my, my week vacation if you will <laughs> I got a lot out of the don't take anything personally because that's so difficult and you really have to practice that you know um, I mean, they're all important, but I, I really like that one. That really spoke to me. Um, and also, that don't make assumptions. I think that happens way too often, you know, in today's day and age. And he, he kind of like, this is a quote from my page, it is probably 60-something or whatever, but he says, we make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking and then we take that assumption that we created with our words, right? And we take it personally. And then we blame them and we react by sending them, you know, emotional poison or uh, hatred or whatever, what have you. So he kind of, like, it really, everything just ties in, like, these concepts are so simple, but you overlay them and it's so much deeper than just, you know, it, it really is. Like, I really enjoyed the way that he, you know, wrote this book. Um, um, I was very honored that you asked me to be a guest, so I took this. Oh, please, man. The honor is mine. I'm glad that you got to come over and do this, and um, I think we did a great job covering this book. I hope people get inspired. I hope people understand the simple concepts and can, you know, go about their lives and try to create their own personal heaven. That's, that's great. So, Jay, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do it? Well, we're going to link my email down below. Um, you know me, but these, you know, our listeners don't know that I'm, I'm not on social media. Um, I just, you know, I tried it, it's just not for me, but uh, I love meeting new people, speaking with new people. Um, one thing I didn't mention in the uh, opening, in the intro, was that, you know, um, I went to write, I was a former Toastmaster, um, that group did great things for me. I kind of got away from it during the pandemic, you know, it just changed everything. Um, and I will say they have helped me. And, and I think, um, you know, I think everything, all the decisions that I've made up until this point kind of led me here. And I am just really glad to be a guest. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm truly honored, Jay. And uh, yeah, man, uh, thank you so much. Cross Brothers, good to see you, man. Cheers. Cheers. It was important for me to, to have you do this with me, man. Because, like, out of all these self-help books that I read, the yeah. first one that I read was this one. And uh, you're the one that the one that gave me the book, right? Like, you, you, yeah. you let me borrow the book. And... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And again, Jay, this is supposed to be fun, right? Like, you know, so don't...
Try don't, don't be too nervous. Because I'm probably more nervous than you are. 